Jesus never stopped teaching. He never stopped being an example for us. It said that he spoke seven words or seven phrases from the cross. Each of them have significant meaning for us here today. I'm going to share a few of them with us tonight. I'd like to highlight a couple of them. It's really hard for us, even if you've seen it in the movies, to picture what was going on here. What happened to this person? Caiaphas had, or I mean, Pilate had him flogged within an inch of his life, into inch of death, thinking that was going to be it and we were going to move on from here. And that was his punishment. But then that wasn't enough. The guards beat him. It said that you couldn't even recognize him as a person, not only identify that person. One of the thieves hanging next to him said, we deserve this. But he does. I'm not sure anybody deserved what these people go through, what these people went through. Now imagine that you don't deserve this or didn't bring this on yourself, although he chose the nails. So one of the phrases that he says from the cross is even more startling than just at face value. When you try to stand, I always try to do it, you know, get into that three-dimensional Bible and stand there. Try to be in that moment that's happening in front of you, in front of all these people. Because if we were there to witness it and to hear Jesus say the words, Father, forgive them, that would be the most jaw-dropping moment up to this point. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He taught forgiveness his entire time on this earth. It's part of the Lord's Prayer. We're going to share that later. He taught in the Lord's Prayer to ask, are you ready for this? To ask God to forgive us. We ask God to forgive us the way we forgive other people. I'm not so sure that's how we want to think about it, but how well do we forgive other people? Is that the way we want God to forgive us? But God wants us to turn that upside down. Since God forgives us in this way, we should forgive others the same way he forgives us. Peter asked Jesus, how many times am I supposed to forgive these people? And Jesus said, as many as it takes. He talked about it the night before, and we talked about it last night here for a moment, about that forgiveness. Jesus held up that cup. He said, this, new, this cup is the New Testament, the New Testament in my blood, shed for you and for all people. For what? Forgiveness of sins. That's why he came here, and he never stopped doing it. The thing that we need to remember is that he is willing to forgive any and all who come to him for forgiveness. And I alluded to it a moment ago, but the most amazing act of forgiveness happened right there. He said, 
forgive all these people. And then the thief, right next to him, the thief next to him, one's mocking him and one is asking for forgiveness. And Jesus said, you are forgiven. And today, another word that he spoke, I promise that today you're going to be with me in paradise. As soon as we get done here, we're going to be in paradise together. And that promise belongs to everyone who puts their faith and puts their trust in him. It's not a hope. It's an ironclad guarantee. And today, this day, that passion story is filled with characters that do these unexpected things. Characters acting completely out of character. We have disciples falling asleep when Jesus asked them to keep guard. Later on, we have one of them denying that he even ever knew him. The enemies responsible for Jesus' death are not the Romans. The Jews are the ones that are responsible for this. Then there's the unexpected characters at the cross, confessing Jesus as God. Pilate puts up a sign that says, here's the king of the Jews. There's the Roman centurion. We talked about him a couple of weeks ago that says, truly, there's no doubt about it, this is the son of God. And then there's this, this thief. One mocking, you kind of expect that, but the other one knew who Jesus was and knew that Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus said, you're with me now. The most remarkable thing, I think, though, that Jesus said was at the end, and I just read it a second ago. Three words in the English, two in the Greek. It is finished. It. What exactly is finished? Maybe even the question of when did it start? See, this moment on the cross was planned by God before he says he laid the foundations of the earth. And it played out perfectly. The life that Jesus lived, the things that he taught, the miracles he accomplished, those are all part of the it. It is finished. Finished is even more important word, and we hear about it on this night to remind us why it's so important. It's the Greek word to telestai. And like a lot of Greek words, it's a compound word and it has some complex meaning behind it. It means to bring to an end, or maturity, or perfection. To bring to an end, to bring to completion, to accomplish, to fulfill, to finish. When a servant was sent on a mission, and then later returned to his master, he would say to Telestai meaning I have done exactly as you have requested. The mission is now complete. It's a word that Jesus was speaking to God. I've done everything you've said. I've done it just the way you laid it out. That word has a complex and a deep meaning. It's also the word that a shepherd would use when a perfect lamb was born. 
those lambs in Bethlehem that were used for the sacrifices in, in Jerusalem. Shepherd got that perfect lamb. He would say to Telestai, it's perfect. It's the word an, an artist would use when he puts that last final touches on that work of art. Let's say to Telestai. It's also the word in Hebrew that the high priest would say when he would present the sacrificial lamb on the Day of Atonement or on Yom Kippur. <clears throat> but when Jesus is on the cross, he's both the lamb and the high priest. He's both the lamb and the high priest. He offered the perfect sacrifice for the removal of sin, not for the covering of sin. And in that moment, there's no longer a need for any other sin offering. So what's the it that is finished? First of all, the need for any more sacrifices because the ultimate sacrifice had been made and it was made for you. We just sang the hymn, Were You There? We say, no, we weren't there. But you know what? Your sins were. God is so far outside of time, the sin of mankind, past, present, and future, were there with Jesus on the cross that day. The most powerful place we see the word tetelestai used, it's actually only used twice in the New Testament, but it also occurs in the Old Testament. Most powerful place we see that word used is in the creation story in the book of Genesis. God creates everything, including man. He looked upon his creation, he said to Telestai. It's very good. It's perfect. Until it wasn't perfect. Sin entered the world through us. And a payment became due. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. That's what you're owed. That's what you get paid. Jesus came to pay that debt for you. I told you to telestai is a complex word. I saved the best for last because it's an accounting term. That means the debt is paid in full. So when Jesus uttered those words to Telestai, he was declaring the debt owed to his father was wiped out completely and forever. Not that Jesus wiped away any debt that he owed to the father. Rather, Jesus eliminated the debt owed by mankind, owed by you. The debt of sin. That's what Jesus did for you. And that's why we call this Good Friday. And it possibly makes Jesus' last words his most important words. And we should hang on every one of them. Please stand.
let's confess together what we believe in the words of the Apostles' Creed.